Welcome to the Legacy of Our African-American Lives podcast, where our stories become oral histories created to uplift, empower, and enrich the next generation. I am so happy to have a special guest with us. And you know, I say that all the time because all of my guests are special, but this is one of my cousins. His name is Frank Hamard, and I am so happy to have him here with us today. And I remember growing up and he was always, actually his whole family was so fascinating to me because it's not often that we can say that we have people in our family, especially when we were growing up, that had traveled the world and they had been living on a different continent from us. And so it was always interesting to hear stories about what their family had been doing. And what I will never forget is watching their mom interact with them speaking in another language. So before he leaves us today, he has to say something in another language. So right now I am going to stop talking and I am going to let you hear from Frank. Bonjour, Tan. Ça fait très plaisir de, de te revoir. Et uh, puisque tu veux que je dise quelque chose en français, voilà. Merci beaucoup pour ton invitation sur le podcast. Hey, cousin, thanks for the invite. I've been um, following your podcast and I've been hearing a lot of great things about G's band and everything else. So I'm glad to give you a little bit of my insight of what I know about G's band. Unfortunately for me, I've never been there. The, the only thing that I remember is my mom telling me I am from Boykin, Alabama. And once I realized that it was this little speck, this little dot in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, I was like, wow, that is where my mom is from. That is where our heritage is coming from. And I became intrigued and I read a little bit more. And then I started learning about G's band. That's what everybody knows. You know, you're talking about Boykin, Alabama, Wilcox County. So I had to do a lot of uh, personal research to find out what it was all about. I remember my grandmother telling us some stories when we visit her when she was living in Mobile and some of the stories that her and my mom were actually sharing. And my mom is uh, Geraldine Kennedy. I've been traveling since I was four years old. I was born in France. Um, I left France in 77 for the wonderful continent in Africa, where I spend the majority of my teenage years. Um, I lived in Ivory Coast for three years. I lived in Senegal for over 10, where I actually learned how to speak French. I went to all French high school. So I graduated from a French high school in, in uh, Dakar. Uh, and I was so happy to finally have my quote unquote American family come and visit us when my uncle John and my aunt Ella Patway came to visit us in the mid nineties. The time that we spent together, showing him what Africa was all about, you know, getting rid of all the stereotypes. It was like, oh, wait, you guys got electricity over there? I was like, yeah, we do. He was like, man, did you see any lions? And, you know, I got so tired of hearing all the stereotypes that I was like, yeah, we have electricity. How do you think I watched the BT tapes that you're sending me? And yes, we have lions. As a matter of fact, he wakes me up every morning at five o'clock. It was like, Frankie, stop playing. And I was like, no, it's it's for real. And the, the crazy thing about this, there used to be, a, there was a zoo that was maybe three to four miles away from where we lived. 
which was in a natural park. And every morning we heard the lions roar. So that was not a lie. And what, what really frustrates me a little bit, and I know, you know, not everybody's able to, but I would have loved to have more than my uncle and my aunt during that time. It was awesome to see this, but I wish others would have uh, been able to come because until this day, they still talk about that trip and it's, and it's been amazing. And I just wish more people would take that opportunity. And Africa is not just South Africa. There's 42 countries on the African continent and I've been to 26 of them. I had a French family and I had an American family. So us living in Africa, of course, being exposed to multicultural individuals, different race, gender, religions, and everything else. So I got a real eye opener of what the world was all about. But then every summer we would switch. For example, for the odd years, we would go to France. And on the even years, we would go to the U.S. So it was really just seeing the both out of the best worlds and um, being able to connect with everyone. My growing up in Africa has defined me and made me the person that I am. The openness of the people, the encounters of different cultures, especially in Senegal, which is a country in West Africa where I really spend most of my life, is one of the most accepting countries in the world. I remember going to restaurants where you would have a traditional Muslim family, not eating pork, not drinking alcohol, enjoying themselves where you would have a European family where they're drinking wine, drinking beer, having a great time. And you have a, a Senegalese family, very traditional. And everybody is just there, not judging anyone, not looking anybody, you know, not giving them the side eye or judging anything. Everybody tolerated their culture, their customs. And that's one of the main things that I took, you know, and then when I come to the U.S., and race is an issue, and oh, you know what? You can't say this. You, oh, I'm not black. I'm African American, and I'm like, I, and actually, a lot of African. I don't know if you knew this. They do not like that term. They view us as Americans. They view themselves as African. This 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 melting pot of you know, hey, I'm black, but I am not of Hispanic origin, or I'm white, or I'm co. No, we. I never grew up like this. It was like, you're black, you're black. You're white, you're white. You're Indian, you're Indian. You're Japanese, you're Japanese. There was none of these categories that I have to look through on the application to actually decide what I'm going to be today. So to me, it was very different because my dad is white and my mom is black and we pretty much have the same complexion. So people were just like, okay, you're not black, you're not white. What are you? you know, oh, I'm biracial, or I'm mixed, or I'm this. Um, so it, it really showed me an understanding of what life's really all about. It's not about keeping up with the Joneses. It's not who has the biggest car, or who has the biggest house, who makes the more money. No, it's all about being a people person. It's all about adapting, integrating into the society with, with your heritage and not forgetting where you come from, because that's what define you. I'm American. Yeah, you're American, but your roots are back there. Don't forget where you came from. So this is what I've been trying to share with Vincent. He's 
just turned 13 years old. And just like me, actually, I think he's traveled more than I have at my at his age. Um, he's been all over Europe. He has not been to Africa yet, uh, but that will come once his mom retires at the military. So I can show him that part of the world. But he is also well-traveled, very eloquent, super smart, and the same values and the same experiences that I've had, I'm sharing with him. Despite, you know, me being here and, you know, having established a family, Africa is still a main part of my life and will continue to do so to the point that for the last 10 years, I was still working part-time in Africa as a... Um, as a security contractor. So the grip that Africa has on you, it never lets you go. I, I do have a lot of friends all throughout the world, different nationality, different languages, um, single, married, divorce, you name it. And the crazy thing is a, a good friend of mine who lives in Dubai. One thing that really amazed me about her post was that she would always do it in two languages. She would do it in French and she would do it in English. And then, you know, Facebook started growing and she still started doing the same thing. Then I follow her on Instagram and she does the same thing. So it, it gave me an idea. It's like, hey, you know what? I need to be able to speak in both languages without anybody getting upset. But one of my good friends that I met in the army was like, every time I would put something in French, she was like, you're an American now. You speak American. And... He, or he would put, hey, in, in English, please, so we can understand what you're saying. You know, he was saying in a jokingly matter, he wasn't serious about it. But, you know, it was like, hey, we would like to understand what you're saying as well. It's pretty interesting to see how people view you when you are speaking a different language, when they've never heard you or even know that you are actually versatile in multiple languages. I speak French, Spanish and English. I have a basic understanding of Wolof, which is the local dialect in Senegal. And I also have a basic understanding in Arabic. When you travel as much as you do, and when you've done all the things that I've done you know, with my career in the army and deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, I've always embraced the culture. And one of my favorite stories is when I was flying from Iraq to Jordan. When I was a contractor, I was working at the detention and interrogation center in Camp Cropper near Baghdad. And I would always fly out through Jordan because I've never been to Jordan. I was told it was a beautiful country and mainly you can get some booze and drink a little bit. After being dry in Iraq for so long, I always wanted to have a, a nice beer. And so I was flying there. I had an overnight stay and then I would fly to the U.S., and I needed a haircut and I was hungry. So I go in the store and I see this old man and I'm like, Salam Alaikum. He's like, Malikum Salam. And we sign and try to tell him, hey, I want a beard trim and I want a haircut. And he just gets this straight razor, just opens it up. And he just started getting the leather band and sharpening it. And I think we might have said five words together but it was one of the best straight razor shave i've had and a haircut and then i'm a foodie i love the food you know i love middle eastern food and i was hungry so i find this restaurant that was right next to it maybe about 100 yards away 
And I get in and everybody stops talking. And everybody's looking at me, you know, with the look like, hey, you know, this is a members only or this is a private club. What are you doing here? So me being me, I'm like, salam alaikum. And everybody's like, oh, alaikum salam, alaikum salam. And I go in and they all go back to their business. So I go to the counter and I see the food that I want. And I point it to the guy and tell him I want five. And uh, I go to the register to pay. And um, the guy is telling me, Hamseen. So, okay, Hamseen. So Hamsa in Arabic is five. So I was going with the process of elimination. Okay, is it 10? Is it 15? Is it five cents? You know, I don't know. So I gave him a five Jordan and Dinar. And he goes, la, 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 Hamseen. So, okay, so it's not $5. And I got the little kebes, which is a little deep fried um, uh, dumpling, if I would say that is filled with spices and meats and everything else. It is absolutely delicious. So I gave him five dollars, five Jordanian dinars and he tells me no. So I'm like, okay. So I give him 15 and I, he's like, la, 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 I'm seen, I'm seen, I'm seen JD. You know? So I didn't know what he wanted. So I grabbed in my pocket and I take the money out and I show it to him. And he takes this five cents piece and he goes, Hamseen. So I sit down and I eat and it was delicious and I order more. And um, this older man sweating profusely just sits across from me and watch me eat. So, you know, I'm a little eager. So finally I look up and he leans towards me and he goes, so do you like my food? And I was like, yes, it's very good. He was like, excellent. I am so glad you like my food. Um, it, we don't get many Americans. So long story short, we start having a conversation with him. And then I get ready to leave. I told him I was going to the U.S., but I would come back. And literally every time I came back to Jordan, I went back to that restaurant. I ordered the same meal. And he always came out and sat down with me. So that's what really is traveling is all about to me, you know, not knowing, knowing very little about a community and being embraced and having that without being judged, without having to look over your shoulder. It's all about taking chances. Yeah, sure. I've had bad experiences, but the, 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 I've had more, I've had better experiences and lifelong memories than, than bad ones. I think it's important that you continue to share your stories and experiences because think about how far you have come and where the next generation could go if they take that and continue to move forward. Maybe the next person, the next generation will have someone who speaks seven or eight languages fluently. But I think yeah. it's all about showing people what the possibilities are. So I want to say I love you. And again, thank you so much for saying yes. You're welcome, cousin. I love you too. And it was my pleasure. I really enjoyed this. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you for tuning in to the legacy of our African-American lives.